time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Monday, April 12th, 2021. Thank you so much for joining us. And for those watching on YouTube, this is, well, this is our new uh, episodes format. How <laughs> we're going to do things, at least for the time being. I'm on camera. I know this ugly mug. It's not much to look at. I understand. But for some reason, we've had some requests to have videos and YouTube channels. So we're finally making the plunge. I, I do want to say that I got to thank guys like Jan Balon, Fred Monteblanco, my brother, Sam Hersima, uh, some, some good friends who have, you know, really pushed me with this whole thing and just had different ideas. I said, do YouTube channel and oh, you'd be great. You got the flag. You get, I'm like, ah, I don't know if I can do all that, but here we are. I got lights. I got uh, my water. I got my little desk here. Got my cup of coffee because it's Monday morning. And that brings me to one of our first topics to discuss here. Um, the Monday episodes, just because I think uh, with the format and everything and, and just kind of how Sunday is really my only day off, I'm not sure how many episodes on Mondays I'm going to be able to do the night before. So for, for you 5 a.m. early risers, uh, sorry, the Monday episodes might come a little later. They might come out, you know, nine o'clock or so. So maybe you save it for Tuesday. I don't know. Sorry, John Lee, Kevin Scarpio, loyal listeners of the program that are always up in the early morning and, and tuning in. Whenever you listen, guys, hey, that's the beauty of podcasting. It, it doesn't go away, right? So uh, some definite adjustments for me here. Number one is looking into this camera and not look down at my laptop here. Or sometimes when I talk, I'm just kind of all over the place. But now that the camera's on, just... I'll try to forget that it's there, but I also need to know that it's there. So I don't know, I don't know if that makes any sense. Anyway, quick hit here. Ooh, Black Rifle Coffee. Yes, I did dive into that uh, uh, subscription-based coffee service. They donate to uh, military and, and law enforcement. So how can you not support that? I, they're not a sponsor. They're not a sponsor of the podcast. I just support the great product. Uh, anyway, a few things right off the bat. I have a ton of things to talk about today with you guys, I jotted down all kinds of uh, information and all kinds of things that I found interesting. Maybe you guys don't find as interesting. Um, but in moving forward, as, uh, as you guys know, the format of the podcast by now, Mondays is mostly sports, but as well as some other random ideas and, you know, current events and news and things really that I kind of dive into by myself. Typically Wednesdays will be with Bill Barnes and to echo what we did last week, we are going to continue to do that in going forward is right around 9, 10 a.m. on Mondays today, we are going to have a brief video on Facebook Live, Bill and I, regarding uh, his upcoming episode that we are also recording on Monday uh, so that you guys will hear on Wednesday and see on YouTube. So um, that's kind of the format. People seem to like that last week. And we're going to do that again and moving forward. So Mondays are a full day for me. If you really break it down, I do the Monday episode, unless I'm able to do it Sunday night. Uh, right after that, 
I will be joined by Bill Barnes. He's on his way here, or at least not right, you know, in the next hour, an hour and a half or so. And then we'll record with Bill the brief video and then do our basically the Wednesday episode. So uh, at least this week, the, everything's taking place uh, today on Monday. So that gives you an idea. Uh, Friday's episode has already been recorded. I had the opportunity to sit down and do a Zoom meeting with Mike McGarren, uh, the uncle of a good friend of mine, Devin Drain, uh, the uh, brother to Mrs. Mara Drain, and uh, all around great guy, funny guy, comedian, uh, has been the MC of circuses before at Cary Youth League, uh, has done some voiceover work. And of course, he's affiliated with Rio Hondo Prep. Of, uh, he played in the 1977 championship game. He was actually the center on that, that famous play, the play uh, that hiked the ball through the quarterback's legs to Chuck Marietta. You guys have heard about that play a million times, but I'll say it a million and one. One of the greatest games in uh, RHP football history, hands down. So Mike will join us. Uh, well, he, he and I have already <laughs> recorded, but uh, you'll, you'll hear from him on Friday. I think you guys will really like what he had to say. Uh, outside of all the other work he does is a physical therapist. He's also a, a volunteer police officer, or at least did that uh, for a short time in the Pasadena area. So he'll fill you in on all that. You'll hear everything. Um, it was a zoom call. So we'll probably post that video on Friday as is that is our, uh, our Friday episode. So pardon me if I'm a little shaky right now. I uh, didn't sleep a whole lot and it was like kind of worked up about, today's episodes and you know putting together the new format hoping everything works hoping everything sounds okay um yeah just anyway just hoping it all goes together sometimes <laughs> bill barnes will be here later and we got him set up here we'll have another mic god willing of course and uh, i got a tv here i'm very happy so far so good with the new setup and for those listening uh, you'll have to check out the youtube channel uh, maybe when you are, uh, maybe if you listen to half of the episode on your way into work, maybe, or then you get home and you want to watch something. Uh, yeah. Take a look at the, uh, the room here, the background. It's, it's more of the same, not, not a whole lot has changed, but anyway, uh, off, off the top of my head today, a couple podcasts. I, I always tell you guys podcasts to listen to, but the Will Kane show, man, it, it has just delivered it, it. I've heard two episodes already. It's out Mondays and Fridays. It's about 40 minutes and 50 minutes each one, but sports news, politics, I tell you, if you want to, you want to learn something, you want a fresh perspective and maybe think a little bit and learn. I think he is just so bright and uh, I, I think he, you can learn something from him. So check him out. The other podcast I was listening to, you know, I'm a big Clay Travis fan. I've told you guys about that regarding uh, I'll kick the coverage and everything. He had a nice I think it was like two hours interview with uh, Megan Kelly. She has a great podcast. She's doing, I think once a couple times a week and she has some great guests and just great long discussions about society and kind of where we're at. And uh, it's, again, something that I, I have enjoyed uh, immensely. So uh, the plan for today, a couple thoughts here early on, we'll get into some sports topics, at least sports that, that, that interest me. We're going to do suds with studs, although it's not going to be like broken up like we normally do. Because if I'm doing these videos, I don't quite know how to uh, clip and you know move the videos around everything yet. So that's going to take some work, but uh, a work in progress considering where we've come from uh, over a year ago, just talking into the phone with some, some terrible audio days and, and hopefully there's no more of those. But uh, yeah, it, it's, 
it's a uh, man. It's exciting to see where the podcast can go. Anyway, uh, some sports topics. I will take, not take a break, but I'll then talk briefly uh, about suds with studs. We'll do, we'll honor a hero, someone we would love to sit down and have a beer with. Uh, and then we'll finish up with some more sports topics. And I think that should get us to where we need to be. So I try to prepare a little bit for these shows, guys, you guys are going to actually see now, what I'm doing behind the microphone, uh, scrolling through my phone and different things. Um, so it, maybe it's not as uh, great on video. It's, it's honestly not that glamorous. And I never understood why, you know, people wanted to see video, but it is, it is a thing. I mean, podcast, I watch Adam Carolla podcast. I'm watching some NFL talk right now on the NFL network where it's pretty much a podcast in video form. So some people like that. And we want to offer that service here at the podcast. So um, let me talk about something real quick before we get into sports. And that is um, obsession and passion. I don't know about you guys, but when I get really interested in something, uh, when I get really passionate, I I become obsessed. I become, I I get an idea and I want it to work. And I, I just, I start visualizing and I start mapping out and taking notes. I become obsessed over the things that I'm very passionate about. As an example, when I was coaching football, I was coaching seventh and eighth grade football right out of high school. And I thought I was everything. I, I watched, I broke down game film. Yes, a game film of other opponents. I wrote down every single play, tendencies. I had spreadsheets. I had their plays written down. I had color coordinated. I had all kinds of, I went, and I wasn't getting paid for any of this stuff. I just, I went all out. I, I, I think the things that you are passionate about, you do obsess over a little bit, kind of like this podcast. I can't tell you all day how it is all day when I'm just like thinking about things to do, things to say. And so I think that's what's hard when we're put in positions where we're not that passionate about something because we don't have that like obsession to, all right. just something that drives you. We've all had to maybe uh, take a class we didn't like. We weren't that fired up about it. Meanwhile, the classes that you do like, you put more work into, right? You, you, there's a little bit of an obsession. And I want to take this the other way. Now let's flip it the other way. I think in regards to like present day in this past year, I think some of us are incredibly uh, obsessed with like fear. We're obsessed with the possibility of fear. I'm talking mostly about the coronavirus. Again, I'm not saying it's not out there or any of that. I know people have died. I know, but my point is the obsession I've seen with the coronavirus is, is more of an obsession of fear, fear. It's not, uh, Hey, we got to be careful. It's, we can't do anything. No life can exist because there is fear. And I was trying to like wrap my head around as I often do. What is something, how can I relate to this? How can I relate to this obsession with fear? And so I feel like this passion for uh, passion of safety and, and this obsession of fear. And I remember when I was a kid and I'll be honest, I'm not going to hide it. Like I, I, you know, I snuck into my parents' room when I was a kid, I was scared, scared of the dark. Uh, scared of being alone, you know, looking back, nothing's going to happen to you, but in your mind, something could happen to you. Right. And so I felt safe crawling in and sleeping on the floor where they were. 
It made me feel better. Didn't really make me more safe, but it made me feel more safe, right? So what I see with the coronavirus and not so much the virus, but the reactions to the virus is some people really, you could, they would argue they're just being cautious, but some of it is just over the top, over the top. Uh, you know, I wash my hands all the time. I wear gloves at work. I wear my mask. I, I do all the things, you know, you're supposed to do indoors anyway, but some people, I mean, they are obsessed with this stuff, uh, the way in which they go about their life. And I'm thinking to myself, well, okay, yeah, there's a risk, but is the risk worse, worth or worse than all of this obsession and changing of living? I mean, we've all changed a little bit the past year. We've changed our habits. You know, I hate the term new normal. I don't want new normal. I want normal normal. Right. And it's not to say, okay, things aren't going to change a little bit, but the whole idea of, uh, you know, making masks a regular thing, I'm hoping we get to a point where we don't need to do that whole herd immunity. Uh, more and more people are getting vaccinated, but I've also seen this and I've heard that, you know, Dennis Prager, a big, I'm a huge fan of his. I, I he makes me think, uh, he's incredibly wise. Listen to him every day. You know, he talks about you know, this, this vaccination going on, all these vaccines. And his point is the people that are obsessed with everyone getting vaccinated. It's like, well, why do you care if I get vaccinated? If you're vaccinated, <laughs> why does everyone need to, why, you know, I'm not saying uh, it's not smart to get vaccinated or it's dumb to get vaccinated. If, if you want to, by all means, go for it. I think it's, Hey, if it makes you feel safer, or you have underlying conditions, uh, you, someone that's older, hey, I think it's a really good thing. But I'm in not, I'm not in a hurry to get a vaccine. I mean, I'm not, I think it's amazing they got it out as quick as they did too. I mean, you break that down. But I've seen people that have been vaccinated or they've had the virus and some of the actions they take. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's no risk here. What? Why are you doing that? And it's almost like we've, become so used to it that now it's, oh, I'm just doing it because I'm supposed to. It's like, yeah, but you don't need to. Anyway, I've kind of fallen off the map already here. Probably need more coffee. Oh, man. Anyway, it was just my thought. I mean, and hopefully some of these topics stimulate some thoughts of you, thoughts of your own and some conversation, some discussion, you know, obsession and passion were just two things I wrote down and trying to kind of tie them together, not just in how energetic we are in working towards something or working towards a goal, but also the other way where we can obsess in a negative way. You know, our passion leads us to this negative obsession or things that aren't good for us, even if they seem like they're good for us. So I'm ready for some, uh, some changes. The year 2021 is almost uh Man, a quarter over. That's crazy to think about. I always talk about calendar and time and everything, but I just think people, there are people deep down who like want to be afraid. I, I used to be afraid of certain things and I got a little older, right? A little wiser and learned that, hey, there isn't anything to be afraid of. And I'm not saying there's nothing to be afraid of with coronavirus. I'm not, 
I'm not saying that. All right. But I think this constant fear is unhealthy and the constant preaching and push down our throats of the world is unsafe. It's like, it's really taken away from us, from our souls, from our, from the way in which we live our lives. And that's a scary thought. Uh, kudos to other parts of the country who have opened up uh, and, and, you know, run their business and run and run their lives. Like, uh, well, I won't even mention the States, but anyway, okay. Into some sports now. I know it's Monday, so let's get into that. Okay. The big event over the weekend was the masters big golf tournament, probably uh, the biggest one here in the uh, United States and maybe the world down in Augusta, Georgia, uh, the battle for the green jacket. I am by no means a golf expert. Uh, I, I know it about as much as I swing it. Well, which is uh, not good in either sense, but uh, it was Hideki Matsuyama who was leading by four strokes going into Sunday's final round. There were four guys trailing him, four guys trailing him by four strokes. So a pretty substantial lead uh, to have that four stroke advantage. Uh, Matsuyama shot plus one on Sunday. So he went one, one over and, um, of, of the four guys who were were uh, trailing, it was Will Zalatoris who got the closest. Uh, he got to within one and uh, did lose uh, by one. He finished at nine under. Matsuyama won the green jacket going 10 under. So uh, Zalatoris was, was fighting hard. He shot two under on Sunday compared to Matsuyama's one over and uh, just couldn't quite get there. So a valiant effort. I know Jordan Spieth kind of had a pretty good Sunday as well, getting back in the mix. But Hideki Matsuyama, the first Japanese male golfer to win a major. So pretty uh, interesting news there. Congrats to him uh, to, to be going into Sunday with a four-stroke lead is uh, no, no, no small task. So uh, congrats to him. Awesome to see the Masters being played, not only in Augusta, but to be played uh, in April in its regular time slot, right? Uh, right after March Madness and everything. If you remember, it got pushed back last year and it was played in, I think, November. And it was either, uh, it was the same weekend, I think, of Alabama LSU. So quite a day there for CBS. Um, but yeah, just like that, we've now played uh, two masters in a matter of five months. What would that be? Yeah, five, six months, something like that. So got to wait a full year for the next one. I'm not sure when the other majors are are upcoming, but uh, a big a big win for Matsuyama over the weekend. And and how beautiful is that golf course at Augusta? And it's just green everywhere, and and the, I mean, oh man, what a what a place! So, congrats to him. Um, I don't know if does watching golf for you guys. I don't. I had it on, and Val walks in the room, and she was like, "Oh, you golf now." I'm like, "Well, this is you know one of the four big majors." I'm just tuning in a little bit again something i never thought i'd do never say never right sports you thought you would uh, never follow or watch except for soccer that that i'm pretty adamant about uh so she's like oh okay i get it which was cool D- does watching golf make you guys want to get out and swing it a little bit it does for me i haven't swung club in a long time during the lockdown i was playing a lot uh, and improving a little not a lot but a little but watching those guys swing it, I don't know. You're like, oh, I, could, I can get out there and do that. Much like when, you know, you're watching football during like Thanksgiving or something. You want to go in the backyard and throw the ball around, right? 
So uh, I don't know. It's about time to get back out on the, the golf course. So congrats to Hideki Matsuyama on winning the green jacket, the master's champion of 2021. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about some boxing over the weekend. I was very fired up for the light heavyweight fight championship title fight for the WBO uh, between Joe Smith Jr. and Maxim Vlasov. I got to tell you, it really lived up to expectations. It was a battle. It was a war. Um, really went down to the wire. It went all 12 rounds. Um, there were moments early on, I was like, oh, Vlasov's going to run away with this. Okay, now here comes Smith. I mean, it was like they, they were exchanging rounds. Round, you know, he'd win two, then he'd win one, then he'd win two. I mean, it was just like, it was crazy. I, I texted a buddy. I was like, hey, are you watching this fight? And uh, he didn't get to it till like the, the later rounds, but he says, man, they look exhausted. I'm like, yeah, they went at it. So a great fight on ESPN Saturday night. It went to the cards. It went to the, the judges' scorecards, and everyone was kind of like, well, how are they going to score this? Because uh, Andre Ward, who's the ESPN commentator, he scored the fight, you know, unofficially. And he thought it was a draw. And quite honestly, watching the fight, I was like, yeah, this, I don't like ties. I don't, I don't, I, I like having a winner. But part of me was like, this fight is pretty even. So when the scorecards came out, it was 114 to 114 from one judge. So a draw. The next two judges scored it 115 to 113. And maybe the second one was 115, 112. I can't remember. But uh, it was a majority decision in favor of Joe Smith Jr. over Maxim Vlasov. And for those of you kind of new to the fight game like me and learning the different decisions and everything, okay, um, three, obviously three judges, um, uh, unanimous decision is cut and dry. All three judges have it one way. A split decision is uh, two judges have it one way and another judge has it for the other guy. Uh there are a majority decision is obviously two judges have it for one guy and another guy has it as, as a draw. And then you get into some other fight. Uh, there's like, a, I think a, a draw, which is one, one and one, which is uh, one guy has it as a draw. There's a, uh, I think, is it a minority draw or majority? Anyway, look up some of the different decisions out there that can come about from um, you see it more in boxing, I think, than you see it in uh, MMA with some of the scoring, but it's pretty fascinating considering how old boxing is and, you know, the different scoring process. Uh, but it was two judges had it for Joe Smith jr. And one judge had it for, uh, as a draw. So a majority decision there for Joe Smith jr. He wins the WBO light heavyweight title. And I felt bad for Velosov because, um, he was just a veteran man, a veteran Russian fighter who has spent 16 years, trying to get a title shot this first time at uh, fighting for a title and just came up short. Uh, he was devastated. The looks on his, the look on his face was, was, uh, was rough, tough, tough build to swallow. I felt so bad for him. Uh, but, but a great fight. One of the best fights I've seen this year. And uh, I, I was really fired up that there were fans in the stands for, this is top ranked boxing and ESPN production. I think there was 500 people there, but it made such a difference in seeing fans there screaming. And most of them, or I'll say some of them probably knew the fighters uh, personally. So they were 
you know, cheering them on, chanting Joe Smith, Joe Smith. I mean, it was cool to see. And one of the things during the lockdown that I remember was, you know, UFC came back, boxing came back, you know, they were going to do all these fights without, without fans. And I remember I was happy that top rank boxing on ESPN, they had fights every Tuesday and Thursday night starting at like four o'clock our time. So I remember like structuring my week, my days around, Hey, there's boxing on Tuesday, Thursday night, because we were so starved for sports. Right. And so when uh, that was announced, I was, I, I was glued to the TV and I was, there were like major fights, no huge names, but that's almost just as fun as watching and learning about guys, because honestly I'm learning every time I, I watch boxing or I'm, I'm still learning about the craft. Um, the skill, the, the scoring, the judging, the refereeing. I mean, there's still so much to the, the game I'm learning about the game, the, uh, the, the box, the, the sport in itself. So I love watching it. And I love just watching two competitors go at each other. And uh, that fight on Saturday night was, was truly a, truly a great one fans in the stands. I can't tell you how cool that was to see just a, one more step closer to uh, getting things back to how it was last February. Right. Uh, but top rank, I, it took me back. I was like, man, I've been watching boxing since uh, April or May of last year when uh, it was Tuesdays and Thursdays, top rank, and some Saturdays as well. Uh, but the, the referee in the, in the fight on Saturday night, uh, Gary Ritter, I believe is his name. Look him up. Uh, he looked exactly how I looked for my Halloween costume, minus the beard. I had a little beard, for uh, as I always do now. But during Halloween, I dressed up as a boxing referee, shaved my head completely, uh, put little patches on uh, Eastvale Boxing Commission and made a little patch and everything, bow tie. And uh, I think I posted some stuff on Instagram. You could find it. But Gary Ritter, I turned it on and I was like, oh, man, if I, you know, if I trimmed up a little bit, that would be how I kind of look. At least I would. I thought so. I was like, oh, man, my doppelganger, Gary Ritter out there uh, boxing the boxing ring. So if you guys are bored and we're like, what, what was Matt talking about? Uh, Google Gary Ritter and look for some action shots uh, and see if, if you think there's a resemblance, his head's a little shinier than mine, but uh, you know, I, I'm pretty, I'm getting close to shaving it all off permanently here soon. Uh, but anyway, a great fight Saturday night. Can't say it enough. Uh, Joe Smith, Jr. 27 and three now with 21 knockouts, the beast from the East from New York. Um, WBO light heavyweight title. Congrats to him uh, for Maxim Vlasov. What a competitor he was. I hope he gets another shot here uh, down the road uh, soon. But there was some other fighting uh, that I wanted to mention. You guys got to keep your eyes out for his name's Jared Anderson. He's a heavyweight. He's nine and zero, and every win has been by knockout. Uh, look up some videos of him. I think I posted one or two. But check him out. He is a dynamic, explosive. I mean, a young dude who's an up-and-comer in the heavyweight division. And I, I don't pretend to be any kind of expert. I don't have an expert belt like my good friend Fred Monoblanco does. He has a championship uh, belt that says boxing expert on it. He's earned it. I have not. Uh, so, again, this is just me rambling and venting away. But keep your eyes peeled for Jared Anderson. I think he's going to be uh, a pretty good fighter uh, in, in the boxing ring. Uh, I did see there was news that Evander Holyfield is going to return to the ring, uh, in June. Evander Holyfield is 58 years old 
And last I saw Evander, he was watching his son knock somebody out. Uh, his son's, a, again, an up-and-coming boxer as well. But apparently Evander Holyfield is going to fight Kevin McBride uh, in an exhibition. So this Triller Fight Club that's going on, I don't know if you guys have seen that. We're like Snoop Dogg and I think Logan Paul and uh, one of the Paul brothers is going to fight uh, Ben Askren coming up. There's all kinds of uh, weird stuff going on uh, with these exhibitions. And uh, to me, they're just like money grabs, but apparently there's a market for it because uh, who doesn't want to see Evander Holyfield get back in the ring, right? Even if he's 58 years old, uh, much like, I, what do you think? Tyson Holyfield, can we bring that back? Can we see it? Can we see it again for the third time? That'd be pretty cool. Anyway, that was some boxing news. And uh, uh, let's see, we'll keep rolling along here. Talked about the Masters, talked about the the fights from Saturday night. Um, I'm going to get into some baseball with Bill Barnes um, as I record actually later today. And one thing that I think we're going to try to do is give some breakdowns of uh, the of ejections that are happening. There's a great uh, web, it's a website, yeah, it's a website. And they have a YouTube channel. They, they have a, a Facebook page. It's called Close Call Sports. I've mentioned it before. But they put out all kinds of great rules videos and they show every ejection uh the guy who runs it he does a great job of you know citing rules and reasons for ejections and if plays were correct and things so if you're a baseball fan even if you're not an umpire i think you'd like this the site if you subscribe to the youtube channel you get all the videos uh but but they list all the ejections and i think there's been like six so far maybe more um which isn't yeah baseball's been what two weeks in right now so i guess that's not too terrible but uh last year there wasn't as many i think or bill and i didn't have as much time because the season was so short but bill and i are going to break down some of these ejections and it might be something as simple of uh, okay this guy didn't like the pitch he turned and said something he it was probably one of the naughty words you can't say right or maybe it would be more length lengthy with a throwing situation or hey why did this guy get thrown out um, we don't have all the information, but for me, it's fun to talk about because I'm always going to defend umpire. Well, I should say most of the time, because most people out there don't care about, they think umpires overreact. They don't understand. So it's my show. And that's what I'm going to do on Mondays as part of our, our sports recap stuff. So, uh, keep an eye out for that. That's some, it's going to be a long baseball season, right? 162 games back to regular, back to normal. So there'll be plenty of uh, things to talk about regarding ejections and things. And one of the things about ejections is that usually there's weird plays that are coming or happened, right? Weird things or strange rulings. And if you follow that website, again, you'll learn about rules, you know, not just rules you think, you know, but you'll actually learn some terminology and uh, probably be better, more knowledgeable in baseball. And uh, like I said, the video is not very long, like five minutes and stuff. So anyway, okay. We don't have, because we're doing this YouTube thing and it's just one long uh, video here until I learn how to do editing and things like that. Uh, we're now going to take a break from some of the sports topics and we're going to do our segment suds with studs, which we haven't done in a while. Haven't done it in a while because we had some guests on Mondays, which we don't always have. We uh, had some different type of shows. We had the real Hondo prep reliving uh, the Rose bowl uh, experience uh, this last Monday. That was a lot of fun, by the way. If you haven't heard that, uh, go check that out. The su- the sounds from uh, Pasadena and the Rose Bowl and the big win over uh, Pasadena Poly. But anyway, I want to get back 
to Suds with Studs and just spending five minutes or so talking about a hero, talking about someone that uh, can inspire us and, um, you know, that I think will elevate us and the way we look at life and someone that has either paid the ultimate sacrifice or uh, given of themselves in, in some form or another. So um, I can't believe I hadn't talked about this person yet. Uh, I was surprised that I hadn't. I know I talked about one of his colleagues before, but uh, I saw him on a podcast, the Joe Rogan podcast, actually. And I was like, oh, yeah, Marcus Luttrell. Hello. Uh, I don't know how many of you know that story of Operation Red, Red Wing. And the uh, it was back in 2013, I believe. I could be wrong. Anyway, uh, Mark, Marcus Luttrell is a Navy SEAL and big dude, like 6'6". Um, he was on a mission with three other Navy SEALs and um, in Afghanistan, and they went outside this village. They were looking to take out this guy who had previously killed some Marines. And they happened to just total by accident, a couple goat herders stumbled upon these four Navy SEALs, just villagers. They weren't Taliban necessarily or anything. They were just civilians. Well, the SEALs were in a tough situation. They didn't know what they to do if they let the goat herders go they would go down probably tell the taliban not only are there american soldiers up there but there's only four of them and the other option was an unpopular one but it was be we have to we could tie them up and leave them here but they might get found anyway or we can we don't have a choice here we have to kill them well they they talked they debated they're like well if we do that you know the news back home will you know will come out that you know americans just kill civilians and stuff uh even though there's more to it than that but anyway the the seal the seal team the four of them decided uh through the leadership of mike murphy who was in command he said the op is compromised let him go we need to get out of here well they let him go again they went into the village they notified the taliban the taliban came after these guys on these rocky these these hilltops these mountainous uh, terrain. And it was a couple hundred, 150, maybe, maybe 200 against these four guys and, uh, intense firefight. And, uh, Marcus Luttrell was the only one of the three that survived. And it's, it's documented in the book lone survivor, still the best book I've ever read. And there's been a movie out uh, starring Mark Wahlberg as Marcus Luttrell. It was pretty good, but again, uh, the book was just amazing. So Marcus Luttrell was the, the lone survivor. He actually crawled a couple miles to this village. This village ended up taking care of him until the SEALs came in. And they had like a long uh, tradition of some kind that if there was someone who needed help, that they would defend uh, that guest, basically. There was some long tradition that that, that village had. And so they protected him from the Taliban. The Taliban wanted him. They wanted to torture him and kill him. And anyway, uh, Marcus Luttrell, Navy SEAL, lone survivor. I heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast. I've heard him speak many times. But one thing he told me, he told me, I'm sorry. I, he didn't tell me anything. I, I never met him. Uh, but one thing he said on the podcast with Joe Rogan was that uh, he himself has a podcast, which surprised me. I was very surprised. And it's called Team Never Quit, which I think is very appropriate. And uh, it says here, I'm reading, each week, 
retired Navy SEAL and lone survivor Marcus Luttrell, Morgan Luttrell, and producer Andrew Brockenbush as they'll take you into the briefing room to chat with incredible guests who share their greatest never quit story. So uh, Morgan Luttrell is his twin brother, I believe. And uh, apparently, let's see, reading more here. This is humorous, heartfelt, and entertaining podcast. He's changing lives and has become a beacon of hope and resilience. So it looks like, let's see, May 31st, five days ago. So it looks like it's one day a week. Uh, I'm not sure what five days ago. So probably middle of the week sometime that it's released. Uh, give it a, give it a listen, uh, check it out because they have great guests and just talk about never quitting. And uh, Marcus Luttrell, if you don't know his story, l- look it up, check it out. Uh, I encourage you to read the book if you haven't. The movie's pretty good too, but just hearing what he went through and his teammates went through that day. Uh, Mike Murphy, who has been a, a featured person on our Suds with Stud segment beforehand, he won the Medal of Honor during that uh, terrible day. And uh, uh, Matt Axelson and Danny Dietz were the other two guys that were, were killed in that uh, mission, as well as I think it was 19 others who came in, other SEALs and a special unit that came in to rescue those guys and they their helicopter was shot down so they all died in that helicopter anyway uh check that out i know i'm just kind of brainstorming and just kind of rather than read you something today uh just because i've heard the story a few times and i'm something i was very much obsessed about for quite some time was the the lone survivor story and it's just it's so uplifting it's so inspiring to hear that man when your chips are down there's always something there's always a little bit more you can little bit more out of the tank that you can squeeze out of the, you know, squeeze and get out, squeeze out of the sponge, if you will. Right. Or whatever the terminology is. Um, there's always something more you can, can give and to not quit. So to Marcus Luttrell, um, you are someone I would absolutely love to sit down and have a beer with and not just by the first round, but every single round, sir, you're a hero and uh, you're one of many people we want to continue to talk about here on our Monday segment here at the Get Home Save podcast, Suds with Studs. Okay, we don't have the fancy music and the transition and the background. You know, we don't have all that yet. It's a work in progress. I'm gonna see what we can do. Let's get some water here, my big water jug. Oh, a little dry, a little dry. Talking nonstop here. And I gotta, man, I gotta stay ready. I got Bill Barnes coming coming here later today too. So. There's a, there's a lot of stuff uh, to talk about, Stu. Uh, there was some uh, violence Sunday night in Minnesota. It was a, another shooting. Um, I don't want to get too much into it right now because I don't have a ton of information, but uh, someone was uh, shot and killed by police. I uh, don't know all the details yet. I'm reading kind of a little bit this morning, and I think I'll save that to talk with Bill Barnes about but some more rioting and violence in uh, Minnesota that is very unfortunate, very sad. And so I I really hope uh, everyone there stays safe and does not get uh, in too much in, in, in harm's way. Cause a very unfortunate situation while the, uh, while the story of the story, the trial is going on with Derek for Derek Chauvin and uh, that, that, uh, that murder trial. So crazy stuff going on in the world we live in. It's uh hard to believe it's April. It's almost been a, a year since that whole situation, but uh, they did call in the national guard, I believe. So I, I hope that Minnesota and you know it's, it's, it's outside of Minneapolis. It's not Minneapolis this time, but um, still that area is, uh, is 
not looking good. It looks a little dangerous out there. Anyway, moving on, let's talk some baseball. I talked to you about the baseball ejections things uh, that I want to do. Uh, let's see here. Uh, RHP baseball. Yes, we're going to talk some Rio Hondo prep baseball. Um, I, I don't know uh, a ton of information. I've did a little research. They have a nice little app actually that uh, assists with kind of a recap, gives you stats and box score. Uh, Real Hondo opened their baseball season on Saturday, April 10th against Marshall Fundamental in uh, Pasadena and uh, a low scoring game. Uh, both teams pitched pretty well. Uh, I don't know if I'm reading this correctly or if these stats are accurate, but it looks to me here like Marshall won the baseball game without uh, getting one hit. They did not get a hit. It says here, Real Hondo had three hits. Uh, Marshall had none and Marshall won the game two to one. Uh, <laughs> that's a tough way to lose. I do know that Rio had some errors in the bottom of the seventh inning. Rio went into the last inning there winning one, nothing uh, after a great uh, pitching performance from not only uh, Jack Van Cleve, but Ryan McCullough, no hits, uh, no runs. Uh, Van Cleve had three strikeouts. Uh, Anderson Lang came in. He pitched two thirds uh, of an inning, had a strikeout as well. Uh, but uh, two unearned runs that uh, had some shaky defense behind him. So a tough loss for real Hondo there as they give up two runs in the last inning to lose two to one in their first baseball game. Uh, kind of weird that they're starting their season here in April, much like the uh, major league baseball does and everything. But uh Tough, tough way to start the season for the Cares. They will not go undefeated. They do have a baseball title to defend as they were champs back in 2019. Uh, didn't get to play last year, but uh, the short season this year, hopefully they can turn it around and, and make a little run. So uh, the Cares have two games this week. They play Tuesday against Providence and Wednesday against Dewarty High School. Nothing over the weekend until next week when they will uh, get back into to league play. So uh, Providence, I believe, is a league game. I'm not positive what they're doing in league play. It looks to me that they're playing league teams three times, and two of those times is in the same week later in the season, in like May. So uh, that's probably, you know, a little format there for so that pit one pitcher can't dominate a team, you know, each time they play. So I, I like that kind of mini series, if you will. But uh, it looks to be in league play that they will, in fact, play twice in one week and then uh, a, another game uh, one other time. So three, three times in the prep league, teams will play each other. Rio loses their first game. Hopefully they can rebound and uh, get back. It's hard to go from football to baseball. I, I, football to basketball for me was always tough. Uh, but again, you could still kind of hit people and stuff. And going from basketball to baseball was like, all right, whatever. But man, to go from football to baseball that's like complete opposites i don't know how guys like bo jackson did it but anyway uh real hondo prep oh and one on the young baseball season but hopefully they can piece together a few w's this week so be sure for you real hondo prep fans out there to uh to tune in uh, on mondays and hear kind of re recap of the uh, real hondo kept real hondo, real hondo prep baseball games uh, from the previous week. We'll, we'll tell you all about it <clears throat> as we get back into it. Uh, some news out there that I heard Tennessee state, the division one double a school hired Eddie George as their head coach, the 
running back from Ohio State who was a Tennessee Titan, played in the Super Bowl with them. And Steve McNair, great running back, uh, does some analysis now. And, and you hear him talk uh, some college football, some NFL football here and there. But he's getting a head coaching job at Tennessee State. So good for him. It's his first head coaching job. Um, I think it's cool that guys like him, Deion Sanders, these guys that don't have coaching experience really, but they're kind of some big names. I think the, they will elevate some of these lesser known programs. And I'm always a fan of, of schools at various levels, division one, division two, division one, double a division three, whatever it is, even junior college. I always like seeing uh, guys come from different levels and work their way up. And it's cool to see guys who've been at the highest level, you know, going down a peg and working with kids that are uh, working hard and want to, uh, want to move up the ladder anyway uh you know what i saw I, someone help me out with this i know i'm not a soccer guy i am far 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 from a soccer guy but can someone explain to me it's just one more thing i don't like about soccer and it they call these exhibitions a friendly hey it was a friendly what what is why would you why a friendly come on soccer i mean there's all this push for change in, in all these other sports. Uh, football, you need to change the touchback rule. Baseball, you can't have three guys on one side of the infield. You can't have all these shifts back up the three-point line. It's too close. Why? Well, I, I got a rule for outside of the offside rule, which I think is the worst rule in all of sports. It's absolutely atrocious. Won't get into that. I know I'm unsophisticated. I don't know anything about soccer, blah, blah, blah. The offside rule is stupid someone gets behind you in any other sport it's your fault but i know it's part of the game but soccer can you please change the verbiage of a friendly it was an international friendly that just sounds so stupid come on soccer i'd say you're better than that but i don't think you are i absolutely do not think you are all right what's some other uh baseball stuff here um let's see oh you know what this is something i thought of so my sports viewing habits now i'm not talking about your favorite team we all have favorite teams right in different sports college pro whatever some some teams we love some teams we like and just kind of show a little interest well i'm talking right now about if i were to watch something that i did not have a dog in the fight this is kind of where I rank the sports that I would watch, even if I don't have a team playing in it. I know not everybody can do that. Some people can't. I personally can. I think most people can watch any NFL game. Even if your favorite team is the 49ers or the Cowboys or the Rams or the Chargers or the Raiders, you know, whatever. I think most football fans can watch other sport, other other games as well. I can't say that's always true for everyone else. Most people are just diehard with their fan, with their team, right? Well, here was kind of my ranking of how I view sports as far as I'll watch this over the other sport or this over that, or I'll watch these sports in this order kind of if I don't have a rooting interest. Number one for me is the NFL. I think that goes goes, uh, without saying. Uh, Two, also college football. Uh, I know it's not professional, but uh, it is a notch below NFL. There are times when there's a college game and an NFL, NFL game on at the same time. And I typically watch the NFL game. Um, but I don't know. I, I am 
trending <laughs> towards more of a college sports fan, but the NFL seems to suck me in. Okay. Uh, number three, I, this is new for me, but uh, uh, boxing, I, I, I like boxing, man. And, and I don't, it doesn't have to be one of my favorite fighters. It doesn't have to be somebody I even know. Uh, there's something about two guys getting in the ring, the buildup to it, all that. I mean, I, I've really watched a lot of it on Saturday nights here the past couple of years and right behind boxing for me is UFC. I think UFC is similarly, it's more popular. It's, it's more brutal, right? It's very, uh, it's, it's grown big time, but boxing still has that like old school style for me. That's why I kind of put it just above UF. Plus I like to be a little different. I kind of like things as you'll see here on my list. I like things that not everybody else likes. Um, number five, I don't know why this is. It just is. I can't explain it. Uh, college baseball. College baseball was something um, I learned to like a lot before I got into umpiring. And now that I've stepped away from umpiring, I still kind of tune in. Why? Because it's like a, it's a lesser tier sport. It's not as popular as football and basketball. Um, and so I think I like it for that reason, that it's not for everybody, that it is different. And, uh, you know, it's not on TV very much and it's starting to be more and more, but that's just me. I, I like that. Okay. After that, uh, NHL hockey, um, I haven't watched as much this year as I'd like because, uh, quite frankly, I get home late and the games are done and I don't tape too many hockey games knowing that there's, you know, 70, 80 of them, whatever it is. And uh, the Kings are just having a, a rough, rough year. That's for sure. So I, I do tune in more, pay attention more when, uh, you know, the Kings are playing well and doing well. Uh, the other day I was with my dad and we were flipping through channels and I'm like, he's like, I don't think you can find any sports on. And I was flipping and I found a hockey game on. He was like, wow, you found, you found something. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, this is better than no sports, that's for sure. So anyway, okay, after NHL, uh, this one's tough to be ranked so low, but I don't know. I've kind of uh, drawn a, gone away a little bit more and more from basketball, but college basketball, absolutely love college basketball in March, especially uh, the buildup to it. I love the conference tournaments. I love, obviously, March Madness itself. The Final Four is a big one. Um, but anyway, I I would definitely tune in. Uh, watching that again, kind of in this order. And I would probably watch college basketball before I watched a major league baseball game. That's next on my list. I know major league baseball is a little low, right? But I don't know, maybe it's um, be, being around baseball for so long, being in pro ball and then seeing the athletes and how they carry themselves and umpires always yell. I don't know. Um, maybe some of the, these are out of whack, out of order. I'm just kind of giving you an idea of kind of where I rank things. Um, and then the last couple here that are just kind of uh, out there, uh, one college hockey, which I want to get to in a second. You don't see much of that. Uh, golf and NASCAR. I don't sit and watch golf. I don't sit and watch NASCAR. I kind of look, get updates for who won or who's playing well. There are times I'll tune in. Oh, there's 10 laps left. Let me see if something crazy happens. Or, hey, there's only a few holes left. I'll watch that. So those are kind of some of my favorite sports and kind of where I rank them as far as viewing goes. If you notice, there's some, there's a sport in there that, that I left off and that's the NBA for a lot of reasons. I think a lot of people have pushed away from the NBA just because uh, they're tired of some of the, the politics and the preaching that goes on. And it's painful for me because I used to love the NBA, man. 
I loved it. I, I, after football, it was like, okay, basketball, you know, there's multiple games throughout the week. So there's always something to watch. Uh, the Lakers had some good years, some bad years, uh, some good years again. And um, how do you not like basketball NBA being here in LA? Well, the, the second LeBron James came to the Lakers, I knew my days were numbered. And then when he turned the NBA into uh, uh, you know, the, the, the wokest of all the leagues, uh, sorry, I got other things to do. I got better things to do. So um, I know all sports leagues, all t- conferences and even teams have probably brushed a little bit of, of wokeism and, and, you know, dabbled in it a little bit. So it's hard to like say, oh, anyone who does it, I, I can't, you know, watch or tolerate. Uh, but the NBA is just taking the cake. So I, I'm just, I'm done with the NBA until they make some serious, serious changes. So that, that again, just running down the list there uh, of some sports viewing. And I wrote it down as something I was, uh, I was interested in. And anyway, something I skipped over, I was supposed to talk about this between the masters and uh, after boxing, but the frozen four was this last weekend. And some of you are like, what is the frozen four? Well, let me tell you, it's uh, the final four, obviously, but for college hockey. And I know it's like college hockey, really. I'm yeah, tuning into a podcast to listen to college hockey talk. Hey, hey, com- good competition is fun to watch. It's fun to support. And yeah, I tuned in Thursday night. I talked a little bit about it going into our podcast last Friday. Uh, there were three Minnesota teams going up against uh, University of Massachusetts. So, so Minnesota, the state of Minnesota had a chance there to bring home a national championship. And I believe it was Minnesota Duluth who was back-to-back champs looking to def- uh, go, th- go for the three-peat. Well, St. Cloud State won in overtime. Uh, was it Massachusetts? Oh, sorry, it was Massachusetts and St. Cloud State. Those two semifinal games on Thursday, I don't know if you guys saw them or heard about them. Incredible games. One uh, went to overtime. The other one, uh, go ahead, the winning goal was scored with like under a minute left. So two really good, really good semifinal games. It took us into Saturday, uh, UMass, University of Massachusetts against St. Cloud State. Uh, And it was uh, UMass who came out of the gate just on fire, scored two goals in the first, two more in the second, and uh, had one final goal in the third period uh, and then shut out St. Cloud State. It was Bobby Trevigno, who was the most outstanding player, three goals and eight assists in the postseason. And it was Philip, Philip Lindbergh, uh, who was a goaltender. He, it was his third shutout of the postseason. So pretty good goalie there. Uh, University of Massachusetts wins its very first national championship in college hockey uh, after two great semifinals Thursday. Saturday was a blowout. A little disappointing, but uh, I was tuning in a little bit while at work. And I was just like, man, this isn't even a game, just an absolute blowout. So again, I don't know if you guys care, but I do. I do. I, I tune in. I love, I love the frozen four, man. I, lo- I like hockey. And I texted a, a friend of mine who's a big hockey fan. I said, Hey, I know you're really big into the NHL, but do you like the frozen four? Do you tune in? And he was like, yeah, man, absolutely. It's like, it's like March madness, the college basketball versus the NBA. It's like super exciting. And I'll tell you this, uh, having not watched a ton of hockey this year, uh, definitely a ton of college hockey. It was cool to see. It was cool to see. And not every college plays college hockey. If, if you're bored again, look that up. The teams that do play college hockey, there's only a few teams out here in the West that play and you'd be surprised who they are. Uh, it's Arizona state. 
uh, Denver College, I believe, and I think Air Force Academy. I think those are the only, there's another Colorado college, I think. But anyway, it's a very Big Ten sport, very East Coast sport, as, as you can probably figure out. But still, the college hockey playoffs are very exciting because there's nothing like call, uh, playoff hockey. You guys who are NHL fans, you, you understand, you know, playoff hockey is just pretty awesome stuff. And uh, I can't get enough of it. Every hit, every slap shot. I mean, you're just, you're on pins and needles with everything that's going on, especially when it goes to overtime. Sudden death is, uh, is awesome. And I'm shocked. I am shocked that term hasn't been outlawed yet. We need to change the term sudden death. It is uh, too violent and, and too horrific to think about. Anyway, uh, what do we got here? looks like, okay, Anthony Joshua and... Uh, the big never mind i thought there was something going on here talking sky sports and the big fight i want to see this fight finalized anthony joshua and tyson fury they say they have a deal but they haven't announced it yet where it's going to be uh what when the date is i mean if you if the deal's finalized let's let's make an announcement here promoters the biggest fight of the century right heavyweight title the battle for britain as i want to call it I, I can't wait to see that. I, yeah, I, I hope I'm able to, to witness that. Anyway, college hockey, congrats to uh, the Massachusetts Minutemen. Um, I don't think UMass has had a postseason run like this since John Calipari, Calipari was coaching the UMass uh, Minutemen back in the early 90s when they had, um, oh, who was there? Not Mashburn. Uh, why? How, how, how can I forget all this stuff? UMass, Mar- Marber, Marcus Camby. Why did that slip my tongue? Uh, Final Four team kind of helped put John Calipari on the map, and then uh, he went on to to many other coaching teams as well. Anyway, okay, I say a lot of th- similar things here, especially when I'm by myself. I say anyway a lot, continue a lot. Oh, thank you for bearing with me, you guys. Whether listening in your cars, and for those of you who don't have to look at my ugly mug here um let's see where are we at with the nhl the nhl nhl playoffs i know are right around the corner very much looking forward to that as i just mentioned um even though there's seven game series they're not the one game matchups like are in uh the the college postseason yeah i think the kings are going to be out (laughs) it's looking more and more like it they are uh, seventh place of the west division and only four teams are getting in from the west so quite a few points back uh well let's see they're at 40 no 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 i'm sorry i can't read here it's early in the morning i'm sorry oh yeah there's six points six points back at a of the uh, four seed st louis blues so oh the ducks and kings both of them dead last in the uh western division or seven and eight i should say come on guys what was with la Orange County hockey. That's brutal. Can't wait for those playoffs. That'll be starting up here soon. All right. What else can I bore you guys with here? The last few minutes, uh, right around the corner, college baseball should be finishing up here approximately in about a month. I'd say it's about a month away. The season has gone by fast. Again, this is the first season I have not worked college baseball. So it's been very, very weird (laughs) to just kind of be just uh, looking from the outside in, but, um, some really good teams out there. Um, in the top 25 is very sec heavy and you know what? It, uh, there's not many teams <laughs> in, in the West that are in the, uh, the top 25. So 
Let's round out your uh, top 25 here, just for those of you out there. Arkansas Razorbacks, 26-5. and five. They're the number one team in the nation, according to D1Baseball.com. Uh, the Vanderbilt Commodores, 25-5, and five, are number two. Texas, the Longhorns, 25-8. and eight. They are ranked number three. Mississippi State is number four. University of Tennessee, coming in at 27-6, and six, is ranked number five. The other school from Mississippi, Ole Miss, is uh, there in the top 10, ranked at number six at, at 24 and eight. Louisville, Texas Tech, and East Carolina finish up the top 10. We then go to Notre Dame. I've seen them play a few times on TV. They look pretty good. Haven't played many games though, only 15 and six. Uh, we go to 12, South Carolina, 13, TCU, followed by Oklahoma State, and then Louisiana Tech, kind of a interesting school too. Uh, be there in the top 25. We finally get to some West Coast teams. Oregon at 19 and 7, uh, ranked there in the top 20, followed by Arizona, then Virginia Tech, Florida, Pittsburgh, another West Coast team, Stanford, uh, the final five of the top 25. Uh, this one's hard to believe, but Charlotte, Old Dominion, and Indiana State. Those are three teams I've heard of, but didn't realize were such uh, prominent baseball programs. But hey, if uh, you're winning games and you're you're getting votes, I guess you're doing something right. The last two in the top 25 are Florida State and Michigan, two teams that actually played in uh, what was that, the Elite Eight in college basketball, or maybe the Sweet Six. No, I think it was the Elite Eight. But anyway, uh, some schools that you recognize there that you're used to seeing in the top 25, and then some other ones that you're like, who are these teams? <laughs> what are they doing there? So. Uh, Wow. Crazy stuff. Before you know it, college baseball, it'll be regional time. One of my favorite weekends of the year is in early June, the weekend after Memorial Day. I'm not sure if it's going to be pushed back at all scheduling this year because of you know COVID procedures and everything. But I really do believe most of these uh, institutions and leagues, uh, the NCAA, I'm, I'm hard on them, but they've managed to uh, piece all this together and finish up a season uh, just fine. So uh, congrats to them. And I hope with these spring sports, they can continue to do that. I know the, the frozen four, a few members of, of teams got some COVID issues, missed some games, missed some times, but then we're able to come back for championship games. So they were able to turn it around anyway, guys, it has been fun. It's been a fun morning chatting with you. I know for those of you that uh, wanted to hear an episode uh, bright and early while you're doing your workout, I do apologize. But as I tried to lay out for you guys, there's a lot of changes upcoming to the podcast, hopefully all for the better. Uh, our studio might not look like much right now, but we're going to try to improve upon it in the near future, just like we always try to improve, right? We're always trying to improve uh, on all the little details of the podcast and just hoping that I don't do something stupid, like leave the lens cap on or forget to plug in a microphone, something like that. Uh, this episode should be released shortly. Um, and then pretty much within the next 20 minutes or so, be sure to look out for a Facebook live video that I'm going to do with Bill Barnes to promote his episode for Wednesday, the appetizer for the weekly Wednesday weigh-in, if you will. So guys have a great rest of your week. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a lot of fun, very different. Uh, I'm out of breath. My voice hurts. I've been talking and rambling by myself. I appreciate you listening to me as uh, for those of you who I know to turn on Mondays just to kind of get you there, just to get you till Wednesday, right? Or Friday. But uh, hey, 
for, for whatever reason, guys keep coming back. So thank you guys. Really appreciate it. Very much excited for all the big things ahead for the Get Home Safe podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. We greatly appreciate the support. We know we have a lot of loyal listeners out there, but we always want to keep people informed of the many ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. We have various social media platforms. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. There's plenty of ways and options to listen to the get home safe podcast anchor helps distribute our podcast to places like apple spotify google and many more we also have a youtube channel that is brand new for us not a whole lot of content on there yet but we're going to try to put out more and more video episodes in going forward as well as short clips here and there regarding uh, big events that happen uh, over the course of time so lots of options out there guys we'd love to hear from you send us an email offer uh, some suggestions or content the topics or uh, just ask us some random questions we always appreciate that i know bill barnes does especially on wednesdays so uh, looking forward to continue to bring you great episodes here on the get home safe podcast on mondays wednesdays and fridays guys have a great rest of the week and as always no matter what you're doing whether you're out on the town or around in third base get home safe